The JLab JBuds line has something for everyone. Like the JBuds Mini, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. Fits on your keychain. Perfect for on the go. They come in five amazing colors. Or the JBuds Air Sport. True wireless sport earbuds that have a secure fit, are sweatproof, and have be aware mode that allow you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. With over 44 hours of playtime, they help you conquer the hardest workouts. Use the code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts at eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. I mean, come on, guys. What's not to love? Well, the parts you need at the prices you want, it's so easy to bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. The volume. What's up, y'all? T-Bob Bear here, host of Snaps, presented by FanDuel. And we all know football season's rolling right along. It's kind of sad, already halfway through. And there's no better place to get in on the action than at FanDuel. Okay, the app is awesome, man. It's safe, it's secure, it's easy to use. The boost that they always got. I mean, I love the Thursday night same-game parlay. Just $10 free. You just get a free $10 bet for your same-game parlay. Juice it up as much as you want, right? That's just one of many exclusive offers. When you win, you'll get paid quickly. And there's so many ways to play. Spread, money line, over, unders, totals, props, everything. And then if you're like me, you procrastinate, you lose check of time, you can even jump into the action during the game with live betting. So use the promo code SNAPS and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. Yo! What is up, everyone? Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new episode of Snaps. It is November 7, 2022, and uh, I am so, I'm trying to get my camera. There we go. I am so pleased to be back with you. You can see this just wide, wide grin on my chubby 33-year-old face. And the reason being Aaron Murray is because both of our boys with some huge wins over the weekend, another premier weekend of college football in the books. Welcome into Snaps, your favorite new college football podcast. Uh, shout out to the FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook app. Use the promo code SNAP when you download it. Aaron Murray was going on. The only show, you said this on AMP, but the only show, two hosts that were players on now FCC West and E leading team. I think I said it better in there. You get the point. Let's go, dogs. Let's go, Tigers. Aaron, how are we feeling today? Man, I'm just happy you're alive, T Bob. I was a little bit worried. Everyone was was praying for T Bob's health and safety Saturday <laughs> night in Baton Rouge. 
uh, when we were doing our post-game show. So if you missed that, make sure you go check it. But this show, we are going to get a little bit of T-Bob's thoughts and reactions from the weekend. But most importantly, my, my co-host is alive. It took until about, I don't know, 1 or 2 o'clock Eastern yesterday before mm. T-Bob resurfaced. And I got a text back letting me know that he was alive well and ready to go for the week. So, And your voice sounds good. I was a little bit surprised. I thought your voice would be complete shit today. And uh, you sound pretty good, though. It's not great, but it's not as bad as it could be. Okay. I mean, there we go, dude. And and, and let's be clear. Uh, yesterday, you got me effed up if you thought I let a raging hangover stop me from first visiting my grandmother in the nursing home because I'm a good effing boy. Look at me. Okay. All y'all should go visit your elders. And secondly, Going to the Renaissance Fair in Hammond, Louisiana. Shout out Renfest. Had so much fun. The afternoon joust, Aaron. Absolutely astounding. My guy, Sir Victor, broke three of his four lances. Dame the Lame couldn't even get one. Stag of York rides again. You know what else was awesome at Renfest? I brought the Turtle Box along because it's all I do nowadays is listen to my Turtle Box Bluetooth outdoor speaker. It's incredible. Friday night. Me and the fellas, the neighbors, sitting in my uh, driveway, drinking beers, listening to Louie. It started to rain a little bit. We just sat out there because guess what? It's waterproof, y'all, and it freaking bangs, dude. I love these TurtleBox speakers. TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code SNAPS. TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code SNAPS. going to get you $20 off and uh, free Shipping and handling again, y'all. I just, I've, I've, I've literally used it everywhere. Aaron, have you gotten to bust out the turtle box anymore? Yeah, I know you've been on the go, you've been out of town and everything. A little harder to travel with on the plane and everything. But have you gotten to bust yeah, it out it, yet? It, it may be a weapon on the plane with how big it is, and it would yeah. scare a lot of people. So no, I'm not. I've not busted out unfortunately as much as you have. But you know, with with sharing about the pop any day now. Actually, my last game is going to be this weekend for the season. So hey, after nice. that, I will have some free weekends at home where we'll be blasting that turtle box. But then I'll also have a, a a newborn infant upstairs that may rattle the walls of the house. So we have we have to turn it down a little bit uh, for for the little one. But yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be bouncing, and we will have it in Atlanta for those who are coming for the SC Championship game. Maybe we'll do a little bit of snaps tailgate, bring some turtle boxes to the tailgate, have a little bit of fun. But T-Bob will not be there, unfortunately. Oh, my God. T-Bob! Okay, so, so, so what, yeah, so I am, too, we are having a baby. And in one of the cruelest twists of fate um, oh. from a college football perspective, uh, my wife, like, you know, a few before football season started, and she's already been pregnant for a while at this point, we're like, um, she's like, uh, you know, oh, no, like the baby, that's going to be due, like, the week of the SC championship. I'm like, I'm like, hey, babe, we got nothing to worry about. Trust me. Like, I mean, look, I love BK, but uh, there is no reason to think that LSU will be playing in the SEC championship. Rob D has been saying in the chat, like he says right here for a few weeks now, LSU and UGA in the SEC. I did not see it. Now, mm -hmm. uh, now it is the day before the SEC. So, um, I've already cleared getting, uh, you know, clearance to do the show, uh, but traveling is going to be a little bit tougher. Ooh, uh, Brum started the poll out. Spicy, better win, LSU over Alabama or UGA over Tennessee. Okay, it, it is kind of 
it is kind of um, fascinating. This is my third kid, by the way, boys. And I'm done, and I'm going to cut my nuts and watch Lord of the Rings all weekend. I cannot freaking wait. It's going to be you awesome. You and me, Bob, t- same time. You're getting you cut up, too? Yeah. Oh, let's go, dude. We need a deal for, for anyone in the chat that knows anyone that wants to help sponsor Snaps and also snip our cojones. Please, please let us know. <laughs> snips. Yes, yeah, Snips. Snips and Snaps brought to you by Dr. And that could be you. Um, yes. <laughs> who do the boys trust with their balls? Dr. See, I mean, we go on and on. I, I know there's a good... Like we had the big Blazers boys. There's some sort of vasectomy joke there. We're gonna we'll workshop it. Like we'll find it eventually. We just need to find uh, the Snalton of Snip for snaps. The Snalton of Sultan. Sultan of Snips. Oh, 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 okay, yes. The Sultan of Snips. The Sultan of Snips? That could be you, Docs. If you're listening and you cut balls, let us know. Um <laughs> all right. We will do snips and snaps at the end of this episode. For the majority of this episode, though, we're gonna talk Tennessee, Georgia. We're going to talk LSU, Alabama. We'll hit on Clemson as well. And then we'll get into our sim saps. First, though, um, I, I think there's some interesting conversation here, Aaron. What what Brum just put as the poll question, which is who is the better win over the weekend? Is it LSU, Bama, or do you think it's UGA over Tennessee? I actually – I'll go first. I have an answer, but you, you, or you take it away. You just said you go first. You want me to go first? Or you go first. No, that was that was like such awful hosting by me. That was like so. Yes. That was literally one of the worst jobs I've ever. If, the, if we were in a football field and I was trying to hand you the ball, I would have like missed your pocket no. completely and just hit you in the nuts and had it bounce off your thigh and go to the other team. Okay, that was an oopsie block. That was a lookout block. Yeah. That was complete. Yeah, okay, you whiff. <laughs> And you say, Aaron, watch out as I get just drilled in the back. That that, that oh, that's that the one. worst. <laughs> that's that a, watch out. Um, okay, Aaron, what do you think? Better win. All right, all right, all right. Which which only only happened once or twice, I must say, in the Alabama game for LSU and those freshman tackles. Like yeah. those freshman tackles I watched yesterday back in the coaches' tape, they freaking balled out. My goodness, it's insane, they balled bro. Out. So, it's yeah. insane. Uh, well, we we will discuss that as well. But no, I will say. To be honest, I thought the bigger win was LSU over Alabama because the fact that like, Georgia is the reigning champs and it, and yes. you know they they they've they've kind of established themselves as that team and I know they were only ranked three last week in the, in the first poll coming out for the college football playoffs but we know how dominant they were we know that they were at home we know that that they were going to have success especially on offense against Tennessee's defense but for for LSU. To, to be where they were to start the season off. And once again, we will talk about that FSU game. Horrendous, undisciplined, turnovers, yep. piss yep. for special teams. Fast forward to Tennessee, penalties, special teams issues, uh, got absolutely throttled by Tennessee. We were like, man, like, where is this LSU team? We knew it was going to be somewhat of a quote-unquote rebuilding year. Uh, heavy roster, roster turnover, new coaching staff. So for all that, for where they were week one, to where they are now and and now leading the SEC West to to beat Alabama. And yes, it's not the same Alabama we've seen in the past decade. Like this is a not great Alabama team this year by by Alabama standards at all. Uh, but I thought what they were able to do to win that football game in year one, because preseason, the amount of shows that I was on that people were saying LSU is the fifth worst team in the SEC West. Yeah. You know, sixth worst or sixth best team in the SEC West, like literally putting them towards the back of the SEC West, which we know is very competitive, for them to now be essentially one week away 
from clinching the SEC West and to be in control of their own destiny is amazing to see. So, yes, I will say uh, LSU winning that game versus Alabama was the bigger deal. Well, and okay, and I'm glad you said it because I didn't want to just sound like a homer. But now that you stated that, I'll add on one little homer garnish, which is that for Georgia beating Tennessee, um, that is the rule, not the exception, right? Yeah. Like, like that. that mm-hmm. I mean, Georgia, I mean, Tennessee has beat Georgia. They, they beat them once in the past, like twelve or thirteen years. At this point, now again, the Tennessee looked very threatening, and so I completely understand. And the excitement for this game was incredible, and. What Georgia did to them, dismantling them, was incredible and much more dominant than you saw at LSU. But contextually, culturally, when I tell you this meant something to this city and community and fan base, like I've said it a couple times already this morning, but the experience of Saturday night was quite literally life-affirming. Like the emotions that you felt – the friends that you made of complete and utter strangers, the fact that it was happening in warm little pockets all around the city and the country and the world, right? Like if you're maybe you live in New York City and you're like a like a, like the big uh, LSU bar up there, or you're in Houston, or or you're I made some random little cigar bar batteries or Death Valley itself. It was just the the energy. It was an explosion in the city when they got that two-point conversion. And when I tell you that everything has just looked a little brighter, smelled a little sweeter, tasted a little better, like it is one of those type of moments. And it reminds me why we all love sports and college football and everything so much. And it also reminds me of this idea that, you know, sometimes you have to go through a lot of bad and then the good tastes even better for it. So massive win. For the Tigers there, very unexpected win. Love to see it. Uh, Not unexpected because they covered were the Georgia Bulldogs. And, Aaron, when I look at this Georgia game, to me, I understood why they were three. Um, But what this game clearly showed is that when Georgia got scared against Mizzou or maybe didn't look as dominant against other teams, it wasn't about them maybe having flaws like Ohio State or – or even like an Alabama or any of those schools, it was about them being bored. Uh, yeah. But when they are not bored, and when you command their full focus, uh, woe unto you, because they look, I mean, they look downright terrifying. I texted you during the game. Like, those red unis, when they play like that, those red unis, you can smell the blood. It just, it, it is yeah. it is intimidating how good Georgia looked on Saturday. Well, it, it's it's amazing to see five first-rounders go off the defense and then they still look that good on that side of the football. Yeah. And I think they, I think the statement was, and, and it was somewhat made first the game versus Oregon to start the season off, but the statement was made that, one, Kirby right now is the best coach in America, that, two, Georgia is now the big bad boy that Alabama was for the past decade plus. Georgia is now that yeah. team. Like when Georgia walks into the stadium – they're going to win the game as they get off the bus, not when the ball snapped. Like that is now they are that, which is yeah. which is amazing. Because we know the game is so much more mental than than physical at times. And if you can intimidate your team, you know, just based on your brand and who you are and what you've done on the field previous to the game, you're going to dominate on Saturdays, and that's what Georgia's going to do going forward. The biggest thing to me, which was surprising, is obviously how well they played on the defense side of the football, and and I shouldn't be surprised because Kirby is a defensive guy. When when Alabama had their best defenses, Kirby was the defensive coordinator. 
and and they've recruited at a very very high level there they got amazing coaches on the side of the football amazing four and five star players that have been just waiting for their turn to go out there and, and play at a high high level but the secondary the the fact that they were able to slow down that passing attack keep everything in front of them and 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 make tackles in a, in a game in a, in a in an era where tackling has been crap when defenders are scared to to target that the offensive players are so protective we see sloppy tackling week after week after week after week and that's not the case with georgia it's catch tackle it's catch gang tackle the yards after catch were limited the entire football game and and what, what was one of my keys for georgia limit the explosive plays and you can say this for georgia's defense and you can say this for LSU's defense in the majority of the afternoon or night, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. They did for the not one give play. up those big yeah. plays. It's, it's, if you're going to score, drive the length of the field, and then make the offense execute inside the red zone. And Georgia did that the entire game. We're not going to give up the big play. We're going to keep everything in front of us. We're going to stop the run, and we're going to make you one-dimensional. It was absolutely perfect. If they, if they play like that on defense, there is not an offense in this country – that can put up points against Georgia at a consistent clip. That was the best so, offense in the country, and you shut them down. There is not an offense even close yeah. to what Tennessee was producing heading into that football game. Well, and 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 so Bilbo, uh, Bilbo in the chat says the formula to beat Tennessee has been found, but the problem is the formula is just have like twenty two NFL guys as your twenty two yes. starters. Like, like I don't mm-hmm. think that's a replicable no. formula i mean whipmaster hart says uh talking about georgia with numerous numerous injuries too uga is deep and that to me is the takeaway here it is the depth of the bulldogs replacing because like when lsu won in 2019 and granted 2020 made this worse because of covid so you lost guys like shelvin and jamar chase right so you lost some talent that you still would have had but when lsu lost all those guys in 19 what they didn't have that Georgia does have to fall back on LSU didn't have um, multiple years of like literal number one or two recruiting classes. Now they were no slouch, right? But we're talking about trying to defend a national championship. And so what you're seeing now is what you get for all the hay in the barn that Kirby smart has amassed over the last few years where, yeah, it feels like pretty much every year for the past, since he got the job at Georgia, the Bulldogs have been one or two recruiting, and that is paying dividends. And, and think about this. At a time when Nick Saban has taken, um, oh, who's the Vanderbilt tackle? doesn't matter. Vanderbilt tackle, Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech, yeah. Eli Ricks from LSU. Georgia took, what, one transfer or no transfers? I think no transfers. I think none. I think none as well. None. Georgia took none. No transfers in a day and age where that's how everybody else is needing to improve, but it's because they didn't really need to improve anywhere Mm -hmm. because they've recruited so well that they have guys at every single position. They are the new unquestioned main dragon of the realm. Kirby Smart has officially, especially if they can close the natty this year, but already um, the apprentice has now become the master. Now, now we, you know, it, it remains to be seen over time how Georgia will, you like, because really the, the the dragon that Kirby is chasing, it's it, it's one of the worst kind of chase. It's kind of like LeBron and MJ, where it's a legacy dragon. It's one that takes a lifetime of work 
to try to get there. So I'm not here to say that he'll end up with a better resume than Saban or anything like that. Maybe he won't want to work. Like, whatever. The point is, he could. No, he definitely could. I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying that will only be an over of time. I guess what I'm saying is right now, what is inarguable is that Georgia and Smart are the number one team and the number one coach in the entire country. And uh, they looked damn impressive but the only problem is they got to go against Jaden daniels here in a few weeks so i mean you know watch hey. out bro jd5 hey hey it's just you know a crazy point too is is you know you go back to lsu's offense and alabama's offense and you know clemson's offense with trevor and you know it's it's been it's been a college football landscape that's been dominated by offensive football and all of a sudden, Georgia, the past two years, have kind of switched the script up a little bit where, hey, defenses aren't dead. And, and defenses can still win championships. They did it last year versus Alabama. They, they look to be possibly doing the same thing this year going forward. And, and you bring up an issue point about LSU as, as someone to worry about going forward. And, and, and does these are the teams that Georgia has to face going forward that may have a legitimate offense. LSU if Jaden can continue to progress, like you're talking about a, a, a quarterback that's playing at a high level, a guy yeah. who I said on the, the show Saturday night should be working his way into the Heisman conversation in a big, big way. Like if they go out there and win yeah. the, the remainder of their games, if they do find a way to beat Alabama, he may be your Heisman trophy winner at the end of the day. Like he's put up the numbers and he would have the resume when it comes to wins and losses to be able to deserve that award. So yes, he scares me a little bit with their receivers. I still think Georgia can kind of handle them. Um, not not as as intimidated. Uh, and then, you know, the other offense that, that you could point to is Ohio State. But Ohio State struggled the past three weeks. And, and it's been a little bit shocking to me, the, the run game for Ohio State. Uh, it's now three straight weeks where they've just not dominated the line of scrimmage the way they should. And if you're going to be one-dimensional, as we saw this weekend with Georgia versus Tennessee, Georgia shut down the run game and said, you can't run. We're going to force you to pass. We're going to keep everything in front of you. And they held Tennessee to six points for the majority of the football game. I'm not saying they would do that to Ohio State on a neutral field, but what I'm saying is they can make Ohio State, who already is one-dimensional, even more one-dimensional. If you do that against an elite defense, it's going to be a long afternoon. So right yes. now, if you're a Georgia fan, all you're saying is knock on wood, stay healthy, and we're going to have a really, really good shot to, to, to win this whole thing once again this year and keep getting healthy on offense. A.D. Mitchell was not back in this game. I was hoping he would be back. Looks like it's going to be later in the season, if not the playoffs, before he does return. You get him going with Ladd playing at a high level like he did this past weekend. Bowers had a great game. Washington's having a great season. Some other guys emerged and had their moments within that ball game. This is a complete football team. This is a scary football team. And I think you said it best, T-Bob. Like, when they want to turn it on, they will not be stopped. They turn it on the fourth yeah. quarter of Missouri. They're, they're, they're messing with their food. They said, enough's enough. Let's go. Boom, hit it, left them in the dust. And the same thing with Florida. Screwed around the third quarter. They said, okay, enough's enough. Let's just put them away. Boom, they put them away. Like They have those type of players where as soon as they say go, it's Asa La Vista. We're out of here. Yeah, so um... – I, I I agree. It's it's about when they focus in. Dark James, the two dollars super chat says, uh, "Rocky Bob, no mo." No, you're right. Look, there's also a reason why I didn't go super uh, hard on Tennessee last week, and that's also because you know what, dude, I, I I've I've been really getting to love the UJ fan base, meeting y'all all in here and and Aaron and everybody. It's pretty cool for snaps, and in our first year, both teams could 
be heading to Atlanta. We'll talk to you more about it a bit later on. Andy J, the five dollars super chat says, shout out mm-hmm. to my buddy Joe Sloan for the development of Jaden Daniels. Yeah, Sloan's kind of one of the unsung uh members of the LSU offensive development. That's the quarterback's coach who's not the OC, mm-hmm. which is one of the interesting wrinkles with LSU, is that Mike Denbrock, the tight ends coach, is the OC. And Brian Kelly actually spends every single meeting with the quarterback. So it's kind of a weird zone in which Sloan is operating, but he's done a nice job. Josh Rumsey says, uh, the new top dog of this sport, bye-bye Bama, RIP Saban's coaching career, which is the best coach career and probably always will be. Um, It is funny, dude. I mean, again, I have been beaten over the head by Saban so many times that I I, I cannot believe uh, that it would actually, you know, that – this is actually anything long-term, but you made a very good point on AMP, Aaron, where uh, I'm like, you know, I, I I would still bet that Saban would like bounce back from this, but but you were kind of, you, you made the very simple point of like, okay, but if last year didn't cause you to get re-locked in and you had all these good players, come, like what's the difference next year? Yeah. No, they, like last year, like you just said, and, and I kind of talked about, touched on earlier, like they lost to to, to Sex A&M, that, that that incredible streak of Saban beating his former coordinators uh, ended there in, in Aggieland. Then you go on and you lose the national championship to Georgia and another former coach and Kirby Smart. And what was the talk all offseason? Oh, Nick Saban's going to you know focus in like never before, and he's pissed off, yep. and he's got Bryce and Will Anderson, and you know watch out, he's got a, a receiver the portal, and he got Gibbs in the portal, like. They're going to dominate, and, and he's, once again, super, super zoned in. And this is by far the worst season I've seen Alabama play football maybe ever, uh, at least yeah. during the Nick Saban era or at least in the past 10 years, 12 years. Should have lost to Texas. Quinn Ewers is healthy. That game probably goes Texas's way. Was a, was a play away from losing to A&M, who is god-awful, who may be the worst team in the SEC, maybe, you know, maybe slightly better than Vanderbilt. That's it. Almost lost to them at home. Then you lose to Tennessee, and now you just lost to uh, Brian Kelly in his first season at LSU. So, mm. like you just said, like I said earlier, like if, if last year couldn't get you ready to go and you brought in everything that you felt like you needed to be brought in to have success this year, what makes me think that next year is going to be any different when you lose Bryce, when you lose Will Anderson? And, yes, they're like Georgia, and they, they, they've – recruited at a very, very high level, but it goes back to the quarterback position. If you can't win with Bryce, and we've seen what their backup looks like right now, unless you go out there and get some stud in the portal, what is Alabama going to be next year? You know, Gibbs is going to be gone. All their their top guys are going to be gone. So when you look at LSU, young, just one, not afraid to play Alabama. Georgia and, and, is, and not and Georgia's young on defense too. With the, Georgia yeah. on both sides of the football is extremely young, extremely, extremely long on both sides. They're going to return the majority of their starters on both sides of the football next year. Will be the heavy, heavy favorites to win the Natty in twenty twenty three. You know, Aaron, I, I think your instincts are spot on. You said maybe this is the worst. Alabama team we've ever seen in your like at least 10 to 12 years. Well, fun fact, uh, this is the first time since 2010 that Alabama has lost two games before the Iron Bowl. So you are not wrong. Um, this is 
now I, 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 I do believe, okay. Yeah, that was, okay. That was the last time LSU would have beat him in Tiger Stadium as well. Um, and, and look, we, we, we all know what they ended up going on to do after that, but we will see. I mean, every year Saban's a year older, every year there's more complaining, more cracks. Well, we will, we'll have to see. Um, what, one thing about it, Aaron, and this is what like Bama's O line is bad. And, and, and we can get to uh, it more excited, but a couple more thoughts on Georgia, Tennessee real quick, but we'll get to it. Bama's offensive line is actually objectively statistically bad for two years in a row now. And that's why I, I think the main reason why they're struggling. Um, okay. Real quick on UGA, Tennessee. Uh, the other thing. Okay. Uh, oh, Georgia stopping the run. You blew all of our minds last week when you told us that Tennessee actually ran the ball more than Georgia did. Tennessee, 42 carries for 94 yards. 42 for 94. Not even three, not even two and a half yards of carry, Aaron. That defensive front. And then it all goes back to the DBs as well, being able to contain their match. But like that defensive front was dominant, as, as scary uh, as anything I've seen. And then offensively, Stequavius is a monster when he wants to be. Again, yes. like I don't know what it is. He's just, he is someone who loves the big stage. And when you put him on the big stage, he has been at his best. I mean, look at the Natty last year, the Oregon game this year. And now this first half in this game specifically, he was nearly perfect. And it created yeah. a hole where then they could just kind of cruise the rest of the way and didn't have to like keep pushing and 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 going for big plays. Like when he wants to, Stequavius is is He's a Heisman caliber guy that is not going to get in the conversation because they dominate so much and play a style that doesn't put his his stats first. He'll be in. I shouldn't he's, say not in the conversation. I just don't know if, if he'll he's, win. I don't know if he's going to win. Like, yeah, stats are going to hurt. Like if he didn't have that lull for about three or four games where I don't think he threw a touchdown, then he may be a top three right now. And, and right now you can go on Fanduel. And you can get Stetson Bennett at plus eighteen hundred. So it's CJ Stroud who Ooh, reached pretty good. Over Hooker, uh, Blake Corum at three. Bo Nix, baby. Bo Nix at plus eight hundred. Caleb Williams at plus eight hundred. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and then Stetson Bennett right after. So he's he's cracked his way into the top eight uh, when it comes to uh, chances of winning the Heisman based on FanDuel. So you know he's going to have his moment. I think going in there and, and winning a primetime, you know, night game, seven o'clock Mississippi State this weekend. We'll get some notoriety, obviously, if you win the SEC championship game. I think if he does all that, you know, he may be in New York. I, I agree. Like, I don't think he's going to win the Natty. He's not going to have the numbers to be able to do that. But, like, my senior year, A.J. McCarron was in, 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 in New York. A.J. didn't have anywhere near the stats, but they were also, you know, had Ugh. two great years. He won a national championship. He had the name recognition. And I think he ended up coming second to Jameson. So. Wow. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates, to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty 
of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Yo, what up, y'all? T-Bob here, and Monday Night Football is back. And guess what? So, I'm the co-host of Snaps. The Volume Sports is a college football show. It's a ton of fun. You should definitely listen to it. Uh, but I hail from Louisiana. I have a Saints jersey on as I'm recording this. And tonight, you got the Saints and the Ravens. So why don't you join me in making every moment more this special Monday night by downloading FanDuel, America's number one sports books. And look, I'm still looking at what same game parlay I want to play. It's definitely going to involve Taysom Hill. Probably going to go for a Taysom rushing touchdown. And then I'm hammering Alvin Kamara's uh, stats, okay? He has been great since Andy Dalton took over at quarterback. I think he will continue to be great. If the Saints are going to make anything of this season, it will be because of AK. So if you want to bet live, if you get to the action late tonight, it doesn't matter because with Vandal's new live same game parlays, you can actually continue building your same game parlays even after the game has started. And trust me, there's no better feeling than hitting one of those. It's a nice payday. New to the Vandal Sportsbook? Uh, use the promo code SNAPS when you download the app. That's SNAPS. Uh, you, well, you know how to spell snaps. Uh, and you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. So if your bet doesn't win, you get the money back and free bets to play with. How about snaps? How about that? Uh, didn't really work. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Wow, that's wild. I did not realize A.J. McCarron made a New York trip. That is kind of insane. Uh, Aaron doesn't sound bitter about it at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, his numbers were not nearly as good bitter. as Aaron. Did I sound bitter? I threw well, 121 I mean, touchdowns, and how many t- trips did I get to make to New yeah, York? Zero. Thank you. I agree, dude. That's yeah, our team also Aaron. wasn't very good my senior year, so that that did not help. I do want to answer one question in the chat uh, from who was it? Oh, from from Weinman asked: Does Michigan or Ohio State match up better against Georgia than LSU does? I don't think Michigan does. Michigan plays the same exact style of football that Georgia does, which obviously we saw last year. You don't want to play that style of football against a team that's better than you. And yeah, they would get exactly. crushed once again. I think I, I would I would say Ohio State, difficult-wise, Ohio State 1, LSU 2, Michigan 3. But, but that Michigan-Ohio State game at the end of the season looks more and more intriguing the more you watch Ohio State 
And last year, what, what caused Ohio State to lose the game? The weather. As soon as I turned it on and saw it was snowing, I said, oh, shit, Michigan's going to win this football game. And they did. What do we see versus Northwestern this past weekend? If the weather's crappy, Ohio State is is they can't run the football, they can't dominate up front. So if it's a little bit crappy, come end of the season versus Michigan, I put my Michigan money on Michigan to win that game again this year. So Aaron, we saw a little rain in Tennessee, Georgia, certainly. Uh, now the thing about the Northwestern game was, imagine this, Chicago. It was very windy. Um, my old man Bobby Abair played. 15 years professional quarterback. So I, I value his quarterback opinions. Obviously he'll forget more football. Now I'll ever know. And he always said, and I'd like to pick your brain on this. He said, it's not like snow or rain. It's not the wetness, but it's the wind when you're trying to play yeah. quarterback. It's the wind that can really just doom you. Well, it depends if you can throw a spiral or not. If you start throwing some ducks, you're in trouble because that thing will just get stuck in the air and not go anywhere. Um, for being a part of the small hand club, which I will now say I'm a part of, make you yes, happy. Yes, let's go. I would say I had more difficulty in rain than wind because oh, I was wow, really? Yeah, I had a difficult time gripping the football. But if you have a bigger hand and you can handle the wet, then yeah, then obviously the wind plays a major factor. But the wind there this weekend was—I mean, I don't know if you saw the kick—a kicker tried to kick a 30-yard field goal. The ball actually started going backwards midway through. <laughs> Um, so like it was windy, 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 windy. So yes. that, that could be, I mean, like I would always look every Monday, Monday through Saturday. The first thing I would do when I would wake up is look at the weather app. I would be like, really? what's the weather going to be on Saturday? Like I would, as a quarterback, wow. freak you out. Ohio state fans will be pulling up the weather app every single day of the week leading up to that Michigan game. Because I'm telling you, if it's, if it's bad weather, Michigan is more physical at the lines of scrimmage and could possibly dominate the game similar to what they did last year. Okay, look, I'm going to defend my guy Aaron in the chat here because we are both tiny-handed nine-inch kings. He is not eight and a half. He is nine and a quarter, okay? And and I am nine, so technically slightly larger than I. But the point is, in the small-hand club, we don't care about that because we're all nine-inch kings down here, nine and a half and under, okay? so But not eight and a half, um, even though we welcome you. If you are in half, Kenny Pickett, you are welcome to come to the meetings. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So that was Georgia. They were great. Kick Tennessee's. You know what they did, Aaron? They kicked their ass in the trenches, too, which is always like a very yeah. throwaway kind of, of course, but they really did. I mean, and that's how, like, nobody. And, yeah, and it's weird. And, like, I don't I don't know if people think of Tennessee as having a, an elite offensive or defensive line, but nobody oh. had whooped up on them like that, like, all year long. That was the first time. Uh, okay. One last thing. Shout out yeah. to our boy Eric Ainge, who was on our show about a month ago. Oh, no. Oh, for, no, no. For talking that shit about Georgia's fan base and the crowd and, and, and <laughs> that it wasn't going to make a difference. Why would you I mean, say that before the game? Like, why would you say that? I mean, Dave, he. he Gave all of Sam. He gave he gave literally ninety oh. something thousand people bulletin board material, like not even bulletin board material for the 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 team. Like Georgia doesn't need it, for, whatever. For but for the fans, all the fans yeah. out, dude. And it's funny because Jake oh. Hester's been was saying the exact same thing, and it bit them in the ass because that was yeah. an extra rabid fan base, and Tennessee was like very clearly affected by it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, Eric. <laughs> Yeah, it's a snip. There, man, that is what a are we doing? Snip. Dude, it was I, 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 sent a, sure. I sent a tweet out Saturday night about it. Like, 
you know, hey, Eric, we'll, we'll take your apology whenever. My phone is still <laughs> blowing up with Georgia fans, like, cussing him out. Like, you know, adding me and, at, and Eric, like, I mean, still going on right now, like, feuds. I'm like, can you all please just take me off, like, the ad to my phone? So, like, <laughs> Aaron, mute your notifications. You I do, but just, like, I, I, I do mute it, but, like, if I go to my notifications, just, like, scroll real quick, there'll be, like, 100 comments from Tennessee and Georgia fans why is this rabid fan base continuing the fight I that it. I started? Who how can I <laughs> nah. who could have possibly <laughs> no, seen no, that coming? No, 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 no. I no. That for Eric when I started it for him. So Eric drew first blood. Okay. This he is did. like fuck this is Rambo. If you can't handle the fight, don't get your knife out, dude. Okay. Is that old saying? <laughs> um next on the list, LSU Alabama as the fucking tigers, dude. I told you. Bivisek, Nick Saban in front of everybody. Um, look, my favorite, but before the game, uh, somebody texted me. Uh, actually, he uh, he has a barbecue joint that I love in New Orleans, and he, he texted me and he was like, "Hey, what you like? What'd you think of her day?" And obviously, like you know, I'm like, "Whatever, dude. Else, she's gonna win." Um, because that was my mindset. Is that like I'm just ignoring all realities, and just saying that. And and I was like, the reason why I want them to win, though. It's not even for like a chance to go to Atlanta. It's nothing about, I mean, yes, beating Alabama is nice. I wanted LSU to win because I wanted Alabama for the first time in a long time to have real fear of the future, to have real fear that maybe these cracks that we've been trying to ignore, we've been trying to paper mache over, maybe these cracks are not just real, but maybe they're widening. And so, yes, coming off of a year in which you lose to Texas A&M and you lose to Georgia and watch Curry Smart ascend past you, you have now lost two games for the first time since 2010, two games before the Iron Bowl, excuse me, for the first time since 2010. You just lost to Brian Kelly in year number one. Brian Kelly had never beaten Nick Saban. Now, granted, let's acknowledge that there is a bit of a logical fallacy in there, potentially, in that Brian Kelly was only facing the best Alabama teams, but he had still never beaten a Nick Saban team, and he took a year one LSU team that has a two freshman starting uh, offensive tackles, a, a freshman defensive linebacker that is their most productive defensive player, a true freshman tight end who caught the biggest touchdown and the two-point conversion in the game, and then a bunch of other transfers. You got Joe Fouché, highest graded player in the defense coordinator of PFF. He's an Arkansas transfer uh, of safety. Uh, Makai Wingo, the interior defensive lineman, who's been the highest graded defensive lineman in the SEC all year. He's a freshman transfer from Mizzou from last year. So Brian Kelly just took this Frankenstein's monster of a team, right? This mishmash, popsicle sticks, glue, duct tape of a team that at first looked exactly like that. You know, Frankenstein taking its first steps in that first game against Florida State, and he just beat Alabama and Nick Saban with a Heisman Trophy-winning returning quarterback? Like, that is borderline insane. Nick Saban's been in Alabama for 15 years, as we said. He's had a decade and a half of stacking number one and number two classes, and yet LSU manages to win here in year one. So when I talk about real fear of the future, real worry about, you know, is Ken Staben say on top, Alabama fans are going through it today. And it's because they see Kirby and Georgia, who are now clearly number one, and now they have a little bit of the fear that one of their rivals that they thought they had smushed into the dirt all of a sudden comes back year one under a much more competent general. 
than they were used to having. And maybe that was the other big takeaway here is that we said it like Norman, the bye week has not been an advantage for LSU mainly because you have been at a pretty significant. You can wonder, okay, is that still going to be the case? And with Matt house had a masterful game plan defensively, Mike Denbrock's really doing a great job of stressing all the, areas of the field offensively. And so, no, for the first time in a long time, I think LSU's coaches actually helped LSU win this game instead of maybe them like kind of winning in spite of them. And again, none of this really applies to 2019 because 2019 was just this rocket shop, rocket shot of a perfect, right? Like there was nothing fluky about this win for LSU, Aaron. No, there wasn't. It was just good football on both sides, and it was it was good to see. I mean, Harold Perkins at linebacker was was you know could you limit Bryce Young from being Bryce Young like the play that he had before overtime where he ran around and threw it to wide open receiver like it happened yeah. that time, but you didn't really see a ton of that throughout the game. Like they kept him in check, and that's why one of the reasons why Bryce had one of his worst games of his career at Alabama. The frustration of having to sit in the pocket and deal with the LSU pass rush and not run around and, and be creative with his legs in order for his receivers to get open down the field. That's when we really saw, saw, in my opinion, Alabama's true colors at receiver. Because it's easy to get open when your quarterback's running around and you have six, seven, eight seconds to get open. Like a deep, I don't care how good you are at DB, you're going to find a way on the offensive side of the football to make a play. And we've seen that over and over and over again this year. You know, essentially Bryce was forced to get Jameer Gibbs involved in the passing game. And those were the big plays. Like, can we find Gibbs out of the backfield? Because our receivers are not good enough to consistently get open play after play after play if the quarterback only has three or four seconds to throw the football. So that's the key. Can you keep Bryce in the pocket? And if you can do that, their receivers are not good enough to beat you over and over again, which is something that we have not seen from an Alabama offense uh, in quite some time at the receiving position. So that's a little bit kooky. And another point about – Nick Saban, I'm not trying to beat down Nick Saban because I'd be an idiot to do that. He is the GOAT. He is the greatest. My man has had the the, the, the the more trophies and rings than anyone will ever dream of. Aaron does love Saban. Aaron actually does. I do love Saban. Like, I, think he's, yeah, I think he's a yeah, great – Of course, he's, he's the GOAT. But something else that's a little bit concerning, because we we do bash one coach in one football team. That's that's Texas A&M and Jim <laughs> So for a team that has been one of the Forgot worst teams them. in the SEC, I'm just talking like I'm just this goes to the whole changing in the guard mentality. Like you said, Nick, you know, Kirby Smart right now is is probably the best in the game and has the best team in the game. And you know, we don't see them slowing down anytime soon. Brian Kelly, you knew he was gonna get that thing going. And and obviously going in one year should be scary for everyone, not just in the SEC, but in the entire country. But Jimbo is being Nick Saban last year. And was one play away from beating him this year. Yeah. And his teams were significantly worse than Alabama. Does Jimbo have Nick's number? And if Jimbo can ever get this incredible recruiting class to get their crap together and stop stop smoking weed in the locker room, if you can match the talent of Alabama, what does that say about Jimbo and Nick Saban? So there's a lot of coaches in this league right now. We know it's a great league of coaches. Now I'm interested this weekend, Lane Kiffin, does he make his mark? in this league. And then Hugh Freeze, I had Hugh Freeze this past weekend versus Uh-oh. Arkansas, made Uh-oh. a massive statement of, hey, I deserve the job for, for Auburn. Hugh Freeze is the guy that's beaten Alabama, what, twice when Nick Saban was there? Yep. 
Yep. So you may be talking about adding him into the SEC here in the next Remember, year or so. So you, uh, all that to be said, you know, Nick Saban will go out on his terms. He will go when he wants to leave. Ain't no one ever going to push him out. You'd be stupid to do it. But I just think for, for him, at some point you have to start thinking, man, is, is, is it catching up on me? Are we going down the hill? And is there is there any chance of me winning another national championship in the next few years? And I think that window may be closing pretty fast. So that is very interesting. I thought maybe it was productorial overreach by Brum putting the question in the chat, will Saban win another title Alabama? But in light of Georgia's success, it's again, Aaron, it goes back to your other point. Like if if you couldn't do it with Bryce Young, huh? Like who are you gonna get to do and it Will with? Anderson. And two, two, and, two and, and, and Will Anderson, yes, and Will Anderson and battle. I mean, at SEC Media Days, we were saying this might be the best collection of three players that we have ever seen a school take to SEC Media Days. And Gibbs may be but, the best running back in the nation. And Gibbs may be the but, best running back in the nation. So, you want to talk about football cliches then? And I know this shit gets boring, but hearing it. But when people talk about the trenches, it all starts up front. Control and line of scrimmage. Like all, a lot, look, cliches are boring, but a lot of times cliches are rooted in truth they're boring because they, they're they're obvious right and so how do you have a bryce young a will anderson about how do you have all these guys jameer gibbs and and not find the success that you're used to aaron and it's because for the second year in a row and even more so this year the offensive line is bad the offense i mean they lose evan neal but then you think you replace it for old boy from vanderbilt you're fine no the offensive line is bad this year they're 116th in O-line penalties per game. They're 124th in blown run bl uh, run block rate. They're 109th in total block uh, blown rate. Uh, they gave up over 20 pressures to LSU. That's how Bryce Young got held to under 50% passing. Like, this is not an Alabama offensive line that is capable of not only setting Young up for success, but helping them to mask some of the deficiencies they have as weapons, right? Like, certainly if they had some of their receivers of the past, those numbers would probably be better also, but that is um, that is one of the main issues that if Alabama does want to win another national championship, they have to get back to those dominant offensive lines. Like, I mean, bro, I remember back in like, I don't know, like, you know, and this is a different side of football then, but like 2011 and 2012, sometime around there, they had backs averaging four and a half yards before contact. Like those yeah. lines were so good that guys were getting half a first down before they even got touched on average. Now they're 124th in uh, run block rate. Like that's that's awful. And that is something that you would think Nick Saban get fixed, but with Kirby Smart sucking all the oxygen out of the room again, it's just really, really tough, dude. Hey, let's get a look. Oh, yes, dude. Look at this. This doesn't get some more likes from our chat right now. If that picture doesn't get some more likes from the chat room, come on. Nick Saban. Nick Saban, feed me your tears. Can Saban, are you upset, Saban? Did you lose? Oh, no, Nick Saban, I'm so sorry. Oh, come here. Oh, are you mad at Bill O'Brien, Nick Saban? Oh, come here. I, that, that's been my favorite. That's been my favorite part is all my Alabama friends just texting about how much they hate Pete Golden and Bill O'Brien. And then you got Aaron Suttles going on uh, like next round day talking about how bad uh, Bill O'Brien is and and all oh, man. And, and they're all and all my friends are all pissed at the SEC transfers. 
like Eli yeah. Ricks. Um, oh, who's the other one? Uh, oh, Jermaine Burton. Like these, yeah. these freaking traders, dude. They're soft. They're it. It is kind of the classic thing. Like in 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 Game of Thrones, Aaron. Not in the in the show, even though I think this may have come up at some point in the show. But um, certainly some of the histories of Westeros, and and this is a real life history thing as well. There's been situations where, like, let's say one guy betrays one side for the other, and that betrayal severely helps the new side. But the new side leader will basically reject that guy's service after taking advantage because, like, how can I trust you? Like, you just broke your oath. I don't care if it helped me. You just broke your oath. How can I trust you? That's what you got going on at Alabama a little bit right now. You welcome in oath breakers. You reap what you sow. Okay. Are you know. saying Eli Ricks is, you know, the Kingslayer right now? Um, it's not well. Okay, so the difference there would be that Baratheon accepted the Kingslayer service, right? But that is opposed to a guy like Barrison Selmy, which look, it's a deeper conversation as far as Game of Thrones goes, because like you know what, Jamie was probably right to do what he did to the Mad King, and yep. Selmy's probably like morally wrong to stay loyal, but he did maintain his oath, whereas Jamie did did not. So look, man, you take in oath breakers, you reap what you sow. Speaking of Jamie, uh, I don't know why that's made me think of him. What about Clemson this week? I don't know why Dabo and the Lannisters, maybe the blonde hair. I don't know. He looks like a little Golden bit of Lannister. Hand, something. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, you're right. We can't end this show without making fun of Clemson. We've talked so we I, I could talk LSU beat in Alabama forever. Um, shout out Tigers. Shout out Bulldogs. Again, here on Team Snaps, all we do is cheer for teams that look like they're going to go to the SEC championship, okay? Just a couple of top 10 boys chopping it up. Subscribe to the pod, share with your friends. You know who's not in the top 10 boys club anymore? Clemson. Actually, let me double check that. Are they? No, they're not. Clemson getting their ass handed to them by Notre Dame in the same building where Marshall and Stanford went and won earlier this year. Finally, Aaron, finally, they have been exposed. Shout out to Marcus Freeman and the Irish doing the Lord's work and making sure that Clemson does not sniff the CFP. It was it was a little astonishing. Uh, and, and you know it was going to be somewhat of a defensive struggle. It doesn't help that I think Notre Dame returned to punt to start the game. But watching it, you know, how much Notre Dame dominated up front. I said, you know, one of my reasons why I thought Clemson would win is because Notre Dame would be one-dimensional. And Notre Dame's quarterback would, would you know, not play well, which he didn't yeah. play well but they were able to run the football. So if you're telling me that, hey, our quarterback, Drew Pine, is going to have a, a horrific game, but we're still going to score points on Clemson, you, I would have called you crazy. Like, no way. Like, if Clemson knows he can't throw it, that defensive line, that defense is just going to load the box, and they're going to dominate. But this was a true old-school game of, you know, run the football, dominate the line of scrimmage, special teams, and and don't make mistakes. And, and Clemson lost in all those categories, turnovers, making mistakes, and they lost the line of scrimmage. And Notre Dame dominated up front, especially in the second half, which was surprising. Like, they bullied Clemson. And, and I will touch on, obviously, this quarterback situation. Is DJU the answer? Is DJU good? No, he's not. He, we've seen two years from him. He's, he's not a guy that's going to lead you to a championship. But neither is Cade Klubnik right now. And it <laughs> sucks. And I know everyone's calling what? for Cade Klubnik. Everyone's saying, hey, put Klubnik in, put – He's not better than DJU. You just as a Clemson fan have to realize that you're not a great football team this year. You don't have a quarterback. 
your receivers are average. Your offense in general is average. Your scheme is not very good. That's the problem. Cade Klubnik coming in there is not going to solve your issues. He's not Trevor Lawrence. Stop trying to compare this to when Trevor Lawrence came in and took over at quarterback. Cade Klubnik is not Trevor Lawrence. DJU <laughs> is the better quarterback right now. Cade is not ready. You're just not good. And, and you just need to accept the fact that Clemson, yes. you're not a good football team this year and be done with it. Yeah, it's um, and it's funny. It's not even just Trevor Lawrence, right? Deshaun Watson was the same thing. He replaced a star. So, so Clemson fans, I think, unfortunately, um, have gotten a bit used to. Oh no, we have a savior, right? We have a savior. He's just waiting in the wings. You just have to pay him, no. and then you put Klubnik in on Saturday, and he throws a pick his first drive, and then you go back to DJU and he throws a pick six, and that's the worst place to be. Like, you've already shattered one dude's confidence because you gave him the hook. Then you put the other guy, he throws a pick, you give him the hook, his confidence is gone, and now you're just bouncing back and forth between two broken quarterbacks, and that's, that. is that is like – Anybody who has been there as a fan, a player, whatever, it is, it's just the worst. It's just, it, yeah. it, it, it takes all the wind out of your sails. The team then, like the defense has to watch that, and they're like, we got no hope offensively. The receivers are pissed. It's just um, – it's, it's it's a disaster. And, and we said it. That was the biggest thing about Clemson. They didn't have a settled quarterback situation, and look at them now. Look at them now, dude. Uh, mm -hmm. They are done. Um, am I reading this correctly? God, my eyes are going bad, dude. Is it 153? It sure is. It is okay, okay. You need so to do need one to snip and one snap, and let's get out of here. Okay, right. okay. I'll do my first. I'm going to do a snip first. I'm snipping. I think y'all are going to like this. Mari Jimbo Fisher Ball. That's right. I have combined the two most disappointing college football coaches into one as both Mari Jimbo Fisher Ball uh, get embarrassed this week. Texas A&M getting their ass kicked by Florida. They're now 3-6, and 1-5 and five in the SEC. One of their only wins? Over the awful four and five Hurricanes, who just let Mike Norvell and FSU beat them 45 to three. Mario Jimbo Fisherball, two storied programs with big coaching contracts, a ton of NIL money, and drastically disappointing results. And I love to see it. Snip you, Mario Fisher. Jimbo ball. Oops, I screwed it up. Right, I, I, I'll be a little bit negative too. I'm going to snip, and this is it's going to sound weird here, but I'm going to, it's like essentially like selling the stock when it's at its peak. Like I'm going to short the shit out of this one. TCU Horn Frogs. I'm going to snip them before they go to shit. Uh, undefeated number four team in the country, but they're going on the road to Texas. They're going on the road to Baylor. Yeah. Their top receivers yeah. banged up right now. I think TCU is going it. to lose one, yeah. if not both of the next games no, on the road no, to Texas no, and Baylor. No, so I'm just going to snip it no, now and just no. get it over with before they disappoint me one of these next two weekends. Big 12, your chance to make no. the playoffs are about to go bye-bye here in the next seven to, 12, seven to 14 days. I'm, I'm about to snip you, Amber. You cannot get behind Texas again. We promised ourselves that we would slap each other, and we did. They're at home. Oh, They're my at God, home. dude. You no. better at home. Yes. Lucy's just trying to make you kick that dude. She's trying to make you kick that football again, bro. Don't do it. Max Duggan, remember the cover. 
He gave us the fourth down cover for best bet. Know, you can't fail know, on that. I know. I know. I feel like I'm cheating right now, but damn, some bitch can't dude. do it. I can't uh, do it. I, listen, I didn't say. I didn't say they're gonna lose both. I said they're gonna lose. Actually, I do think they're gonna lose both, but they're gonna at least lose one of them. Brutal. All right. Well, uh, real quick snap. Uh, I'm snapping Kansas going bowling. Shout out Lance Leipold. Kansas six and three, three and three in the Big Twelve. That's amazing. And then. Uh, oh, also, I like calling Kansas the Bean Boys. Now they got Jason Bean back there. And then uh, I'm snapping Bo Nix, dude. Your new leader, Aaron Murray, in total touchdowns in the country. Bo Nix has now accounted for 36 touchdowns on the year. On I'm telling you, baby. I've been telling you, boys. I'll get one more snap. I'll get my one snap in. Uh, snap to the, the, the Pac-12. You bring up Bo Nix. Good point. A Pac-12 team will make the playoff this year. Whether it's Oregon, USC, or UCLA, there's going to be a one-loss Pac-12 winner. It's going to be one of those three teams. They will be in the playoffs. Um, so big, big snap because TCU is going to lose next week and Alabama's out. Tennessee still has a chance, though. Tennessee has a legitimate chance to still make it without even making it to the SEC championship game. Fair. Uh, Aaron Murray, uh, thank you so much, man. You have a great day. Huge thank you to Ryan Brumley and everybody at the volume. Uh, we love doing the show so much. Huge thank you to everyone hanging out here in the chat with us. It's going to be a very fun week, a very fun few weeks, y'all, as we both get ready for maybe Atlanta, for new babies. It's going to be wild, and we're very excited you're here on the journey with us. Again, FanDuel Sportsbook app, promo code SNAPS, TurtleBoxAudio.com, promo code SNAPS there if you want some six speakers. And uh, please, please, please sub to the pod and rate it review it that really helps share the pod with your friends it's going great over there we're going to keep it going y'all and we will see you tomorrow for a brand new snaps infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 live march 20th from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.